Superhumanize. Accelerated Evolution. Welcome back to another episode of the Superhumanize podcast. So glad to be with you. Our body is host to billions of microorganisms, and especially the ones in our gut microbiome have an effect on all aspects of our health. And as far as supplements to optimize our health go, taking a high-quality probiotic may be one of the most important ways to support our all-over well-being. Today's guest, Tina Anderson, is the co-founder of Just Thrive, a supplement company specializing in spore-based probiotics. From a career in the pharmaceutical industry that left Tina and her husband deeply disappointed with the overprescription of drugs and the lack of preventative treatments, the couple decided to look into a different, more natural way to help people. And they dove in headfirst, spending their life savings on acquiring the exclusive rights to a groundbreaking probiotic strain developed by London University and then building a company from scratch. Today, we're going to discuss all things probiotics, how to distinguish the good probiotics from the many suboptimal probiotic products on the market, what the best probiotics are, and also how spore-based probiotics differ from the rest. Tina has some interesting and easy-to-digest takes on these complex topics. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Tina, I would love for our audience to learn a bit more about you and how your company, Just Thrive, came to life because your story starts actually in unlikely way, right? Your yes. husband is also a co-founder and you, you, prior to being in health and wellness, you actually had a career in the pharmaceutical industry. So I'd love to hear more. I did. I did. Yes. So actually, even before the pharmaceutical industry, I was even during the pharmaceutical industry, I was in law. So I was in litigation for many years. And then I went into pharmaceutical, in the pharmaceutical industry in an effort to have a little bit more of a work-life balance. I started having children and my husband was in the industry as well. And so after being in the pharmaceutical industry for many years, we just started to notice the abuses in the industry, the rampant overprescribing of medications and just a lot of the abuses were very prevalent to us. One of the examples that always comes to mind is we were awarded a very large contract for one of the largest hospital systems in the country for a cholesterol drug. And we we're all so excited. We're celebrating. And then the pharmaceutical manufacturer came into our office and said, this is great. We won this contract. But you know what my job is now? My job now is to go to every cardiologist in the system and get them to lower the number that they prescribe these cholesterol meds. So mm. in essence, they were lowering that number in order to prescribe more of their medication. It was crazy. And a part of us was like shocked. But then another part of us was a light bulb went off in our head and we, were, we realized that this is happening all around us. We saw that with family members. We had one family member start on one medication because her stomach problems, which led to other medication that led to joint pain and then 
She was on another medication. And then within six to eight months, she was on over a dozen prescription medications and not getting any better. And the, and the ironic thing, I think, of all of it is that we started in the pharmaceutical industry being excited about knowing we were going to bring de- deliver these life-saving medications to people. And we were making a difference in the world. But And there's no doubt that there is a place for pharmaceuticals for emergency type medicine situations, acute type of situations. But we just didn't feel that it was a place to treat chronic conditions. And we saw firsthand the overprescribing of medications and started to realize that there was virtually no emphasis on prevention or getting to the root cause of a problem. And the pharmaceutical industry was really just focused on treatment and treatment of symptoms, never getting to the root mm-hmm. cause. And as I'm sure you know very well, and my husband and I are both pretty deep thinkers. We read a lot of Norman Vincent Peale and Wayne Dyer, and we just didn't believe we were doing our life's work. So we delved into research and started learning more about natural health and particularly gut health. And we were completely blown away. I mean, this was shortly after the Human Microbiome Project was conducted by the National Institutes of Health. And we learned so much and we really learned that the gut health is related to virtually every aspect of our overall health. And by being at the right place at the right time, we were able to, we had the opportunity to license these very in- incredible probiotic strains from London University by one of the leading probiotic researchers in the world. And from there, Just Thrive Probiotic and Antioxidant was born. And it's been the most gratifying career journey I've ever been on, no doubt. It's been, it's been amazing to, especially during the times we're living in now. So it's been really awesome. I love that. And I, I love what you say. You recognize that there's something wrong within the system. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think pharmaceutical companies and the drugs, they have a place, and especially for emergency and acute type situations. I am a huge believer in prevention, though, as well, and getting to the root cause and not just masking symptoms. And what I love about what you just shared is so you recognize there's something wrong within a system. Also, it's deeply personal. You shared the story of your relative. But then instead of putting your hand in the sand or not doing anything, you actually start to think about how to implement change. And then you manifest something wonderful like your company. I just think that is is fantastic. And that's such a role model. When you see that there's something wrong, you can actually do something to remedy that by bringing a solution to the market. And you just mentioned gut health is so important. It's such a hot topic. It's also something that your company just thrive. You really focus on with your products. I mean, everybody nowadays knows you're supposed to take a probiotic after taking antibiotics. But there are also a lot of other things that destroy our gut health that aren't so known. For example, most hand sanitizers or certain cleaning products. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. There are so many offenders to gut health out there. And the thing that I think is worth mentioning is that we are 10 times more bacteria than we are human cells. So we are 10 times more bacterial cells than human cells. That is, it's worth repeating because... I don't think people realize that. And yet we live in this very antimicrobial world, the antibacterial world. Just like you said, from the hand sanitizers alone, we see that all the time. People are dousing themselves, especially now with hand sanitizers, and they're loaded with antibacterial properties and they are destroying our microbiome. They're destroying our bacteria, which is very important to us. Most bacteria living in and on us is incredibly beneficial. It is not, we have bacteria has been vilified over the years. And really, it's there's most of our bacteria, the overwhelming majority of our bacteria is actually very beneficial. So we are so 
bacterial, and yet we are living in this antibacterial world. And so hand sanitizers is a big offender of gut health for sure. And then household cleaning products are huge offenders. In fact, there was a study that showed that households that used cleaning products that said, say like 90, kills 99.99% of that bacteria actually had children with a higher incidence of allergies and autoimmune issues, asthma, those types of conditions, because those, all of those need the microbes. We need to be living uh, among the microbes and the bacteria around us. Um, mm. And so we know that like it's the soaps and the household cleaning products. Another huge offender of our gut health is glyphosate. So of course, mm -hmm. glyphosate, the active ingredient in Roundup, which is sprayed all over our food supply, sprayed all of our produce, even our clean organic produce is unfortunately sprayed with some of it because of the rainwater. And so we really need to avoid glyphosate as much as possible. So I would always recommend to eat clean, even though there is trace amounts of glyphosate found in rainwater, it's still better than getting regular produce that is loaded with glyphosate and sprayed on it. And you had mentioned antibiotics. Absolutely, antibiotics. You should be on a probiotic when you're taking antibiotics. The thing is that antibiotics are found in our food supply. It's not just that people are taking antibiotics like candy. I think doctors have gotten a little bit better about it, hesitating, prescribing it. But antibiotics are really detrimental to our gut health because well, they're killing the good bacteria while they're killing the bad bacteria. The interesting thing about glyphosate, though, I want to back up a little bit, is that, as I mentioned, antibiotics kill the bad bacteria. And then as a result, they're also killing the good bacteria. Here's what's so bad about and dangerous about glyphosate. Glyphosate actually in our gut only targets the beneficial bacteria. So it's only targeting that good bacteria that we need. It's not even getting rid of the pathogenic bacteria. So we really have to be mindful of antibiotic use and glyphosate use. So those are some big offenders of gut health. Of course, there's stress. Stress is a huge offender of gut health. People think that's very woo-woo, but I don't think your audience would think that because I think they are very in tune to themselves. But I think that we don't realize how important gut or stress response is to our gut health. And the reverse is true. Our gut health helps us have a better, if we have a good, if we have good gut health, it actually helps us have a better stress response. There are lots of offenders in our world, the toxins that we're breathing in on a daily basis, alcohol, sugar, all these things are just wreaking havoc on our gut on a daily basis. Yes, and I'm very passionate about also what you said about glyphosate. It is so crucial to avoid this wherever we can. And antibiotics in our food supply, you look at the conventional, quote, types of animal products that we get. Most of these animals are fed or injected with antibiotics just so they've survived the conditions under which they're bred and grown. And it really matters what we put inside ourselves. Now, having gut issues is just so common. So many people just think whatever they're going through on a daily basis is actually normal. A lot of people don't even think that there might be something wrong. But what are the most common symptoms that show that something's actually really wrong with our gut health? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question because so many people associate a gut imbalance with having digestive issues like gas or bloating and diarrhea, constipation, indigestion, and all of those conditions are certainly signs of gut dysbiosis or imbalance going on in your gut. But what people are just starting to realize is that there's virtually no condition out there that's not associated with an imbalance in your gut from skin issues to cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, anxiety and depression, 
all of these conditions are so diabetes, all autoimmune conditions are all associated with an imbalance of your gut. Some stemming from the imbalance, some from the leakiness of the gut, the permeability of the gut. It's really hard to find any condition that's not associated with an imbalance of your gut. And so it's interesting because people who have like rheumatoid arthritis and somebody who has anxiety or depression actually had come, it all comes from the same root problem. And that is an imbalance in your gut flora. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful you're bringing this up, Tina. And I've had experience with that myself many years ago. I actually had chronic inflammation of the skin acne. Of course, that's a prime indicator for something being really wrong in your GI. And I also was dealing with mood swings for a large part of my teenage and adult life and changing diet and taking care of my microbiome really helped that a lot. So I think it's also really important for people to mind that it's not the classical, just the classical symptoms, but many of the ailments they're dealing with are directly connected to the gut. And also 70 to 80% of our immune system is based in our gut. Especially yeah. nowadays, it's so important we pay attention to our immune system. So what can we do? What else can we do besides taking probiotics to improve our gut health? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I will. I, I'm so glad you brought up the immune system because that's really important to be brought up. We are all doing everything in our power these days to be taking care of our immune system, taking vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, all these really important nutrients to be taking to support our immune system. But the thing that I think, or I, th I think most people aren't even realizing is that it's our microbiome. It's the bacteria in our gut that signals the immune system. So we could have a fully functioning immune system, but if our bacteria is not thriving in our gut, it is not able to actually signal to the immune cells to activate. And there was a study done on this with nobiotic mice, basically mice that didn't have a microbiome. And they had fully functioning immune cells, dendritic cells, natural killer cells, all the T cells. They had all of the fully functional immune cells, but none of those cells actually became activated because the microbiome didn't send signals. So I always say it's our gut that is foundational to every aspect of our overall health and as, as critical as just your immune system. So I just, I wanted to point that out because I forgot to mention how important it is to our immune function. But back to your question, your, the question that you had asked about other things that we could do to support our gut health. One of the big things that we have found to be really beneficial is intermittent fasting. I know that some people have difficulty intermittent fasting, but it does. There are studies that are showing that intermittent fasting actually does help create more balance in the gut. It helps get rid of pathogenic bacteria and it's very supportive to the gut lining. So intermittent fasting is a really important tool that's free. And, but I, again, I think everybody has to do whatever makes them comfortable. I swore I could never intermittent fast, but now I do it for 16 hours almost every day. But I am a huge fan of intermittent fasting. Another tip that I would like to give to people is eating a diverse group of foods. The more diverse group of foods, even from different regions, if you go to ethnic grocery stores and get roots and tubers from different ethnic grocery stores from time to time, but we eat such a small, diverse diversity of foods in our normal American diet. I would always encourage people to try different foods where we are in a society that's very restrictive with our different diets and different whatever we decide to, whatever way we decide to eat. And it's really important to try to open up your palate and try to have lots of different types of foods in order to create more diversity in your gut microbiome. Yes. And if you look alone, 
trying different diets and different cuisines is fantastic. And also what you just mentioned, going to ethnic storage and getting different roots and tubers. And if you look alone at our, let's say, foods that are part of our diets, let's say tomatoes or potatoes, you go to a supermarket, you get, if you're lucky, three different types of tomatoes, maybe three different types of potatoes, where actually by nature, there's dozens and dozens of varieties. We just don't get them anymore in our supermarkets. I know. No restrictive. Open up your palate and diversify and try different things. That's a fantastic tip. As well as the intermittent fasting, I had no idea it had such a positive impact on gut health as well. I know the positive impact it has on a lot of other bodily systems. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that I would highly recommend, I touched on it earlier, was just mindful practice, meditation, changing your lifestyle if you have a very stressful lifestyle. And I know that's not easier said than done, but it really is important to be changing your lifestyle and to be maybe practicing meditation, breathing, whatever it is that really calms you down because the vagus nerve is one of the largest nerves in the body. It connects the brainstem to the gut and they're sending signals back and forth to each other all the time. And so when we calm our mind and we calm ourselves, those signals are being sent back down to our gut. And like I mentioned before, the reverse is true. When your gut is healthy, it's sending signals back to your mind or to your brain. And then your brain is hopefully having more of a calming effect as well. I would always suggest doing meditation or some type of mindful practice in addition to doing some of these other things that I mentioned. Fantastic. And I heard you talking in an interview about meditation and also breath work that you just mentioned. Is there a particular form of breath work that you like to do? Yes, I use the heart math device and it's just, I'm trained at the Inner Balance, I think is the name of the app you download. I've had it for so many years, I don't even remember what the the app is, but it's just at a five to 10 minute breathing exercise I do every morning and it just, it measures your heart rate variability and it's just, it's just a great way to start my day. I love, I love the breathing. I have lots of energy and I, I get definitely used to just get some deep breathing and calm, calming myself down sometimes. Great. And I'd like to circle back to probiotics. I'd like to learn more from you about the latest science on probiotics, as well as there's, if you go into a store, there's so many different products on the market and some need to be refrigerated, some not, and some have like millions and billions of there's, it's, it can be very confusing when you're a novice. So could you talk us through a, little bit of the, through a little bit of the latest science and studies and also let us know what we should pay attention to with regards to probiotics? Yeah, definitely. So the category of probiotics that we work with are called spore-based probiotics. So spore-based probiotics are, they're bacillus spores, and they are a totally new category of probiotics. So for many years, there were lactobacillus and bifidobacterium-based strains of probiotics on the market. There still are. But then recently, after the Human Microbiome Project was launched by the National Institutes of Health, we learned more about the gut than we ever knew before. We also learned about what the gut needs to really thrive. And we started working with these spore-based probiotics out of London University. And basically, spore-based bacteria are very different. They have the ability to have this endospore shell around itself. And that shell allows it to survive the gastric system and get to the intestines alive. Just to be defined as a probiotic, it needs to arrive alive in the, in the intestines and confer a benefit onto the host. The overwhelming majority of 
probiotics on the market don't even meet the very first part of that definition, which is arriving alive in the intestines. Many are alive in the refrigerator, which we see, which is one of the biggest myths out there, but we don't need it to be alive in the refrigerator. We need it to be alive in our intestines because of the journey down from the, when you swallow it down to the intestines, it's very difficult for these strains. Most of these strains are very sensitive organisms and the heat of the body alone would just kill them. But let alone you get to the stomach acid, which is meant to be the gastric barrier. The stomach is killed. The strains are killed by that stomach acid. And so they are, you're essentially getting dead bacteria in the intestines. So with the spores, they have this endospore shell around itself. And when they keep that shell on, it's a protective type of shell. And it, again, it's not something that we've done to protect them. These are the way they were found in nature with this shell around them. So you swallow the capsule. And you and the strains start coming out. And when they get to the gastric system, they keep that shell on. But it's not until they get to the intestines that they take their shell off. And that's when they become live vegetative cell. They go into their live vegetative cell state. That's when they become live bacteria. And what's because and they do that because they recognize the intestines as their home. These spore-based bacteria are the same strength our ancestors used to get on a daily basis after eating. They would eat off the land. They would eat roots and tubers and they'd get the dirt and the soil and they would eat that. And those bacteria actually, they was, they were, their gut commensal, they belong in the gut. And we have been able to, the scientists out at London University has been able to keep them in spore form during manufacturing. And that's why, but they, this is the exact type of probiotics our ancestors used to get without realizing that they were getting the probiotics. And, and I, it's fascinating. I love what you just said. It sounds to me even like this alien civilization that knows yeah. the home and then they come out of their shelves. They're so-called spaceships. I'm just going somewhere crazy with my fantasy here, but yes, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And Quite. I think the other, I, sometimes I just like to bring up a garden analogy during this time because I think it's really hard for people to understand the difference between the majority of probiotics on the market and the spores. So if you envision a garden and the garden has been stepped on and trampled on and there's weeds growing all over that garden and you compare that to your gut, your intestines, you know, that you've got pathogenic bacteria overgrowing your beneficial bacteria. So the spores actually go into the garden and they attach to the soil. So they're attaching to your intestinal cell wall. Then they have the ability to get rid of the weeds in the garden. And so in the, your gut, in your intestines, they're actually getting rid of the pathogenic bacteria. And then in the garden, they're going in and bringing those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on, and they're bringing them back to life. And so back to the intestines, these strains are actually going in and helping the good bacteria that's not really proliferating and helping it bring, bring it back to life. And so we have such an effective approach, whereas the lactobacillus bifidobacterium strains that are found in the market, they never, you throw the seeds in that garden, they're never even making it to the garden. They don't have the ability to colonize and attach to the soil. So if you think of the probiotic, the spore-based probiotic, almost as like the gardener of your gut, the gardener getting rid of the weeds and helping your good plants come back to life. That's a beautiful analogy, Tina. And I would like to learn a little bit more. Is there research or what is the research behind these spores and, for example, how they relate to leaky gut? Yes, we are very focused on research. In fact, one of the first studies that we did was a survivability study 
showing that like leading selling probiotics sold at major health food store died 99.99% by the time it got to the intestines. One of the next, actually the major study that we did was first of its kind, a leaky gut study. And the medical term would be metabolic endotoxemia. And basically what we did, what the researchers did at University of North Texas is they took 100 college students. So these were young, healthy college students who had no issues that they knew of, no, no medical conditions. They're not on any medication. They felt great. And they found out that 50% of them, they gave them a challenge meal. They gave them like an unhealthy meal. And they found out that 50% of them, 55% of them actually had a leaky gut and didn't know it. And the oh, way they, yeah, they didn't even know it. And they basically found that out by, they measured the LPS toxins that seeped into the bloodstream. So lipopolysaccharides, which LPS toxins are found normally in your gut. They're really not problematic when they're in your gut. It's when they seep into your bloodstream that they, the immune system starts to have this inflammatory response. So they found that 55% of them had it. So of those 55%, they took, they split that group in half. Half of them got the spores, half of them got the a placebo. They sent them back to college to do all the crazy things college students do to their bodies. No dietary lifestyle modifications whatsoever. They came back, they gave them another challenge meal And the treated group saw a 42, so the group that took the spores saw a 42% reduction in LPS toxins in just 30 days. But here's the scary part. The treated group or the placebo group actually saw a 30% increase in LPS toxins. So what that tells us is that this is like this leakiness of the gut is like a faucet. It's like this drippy faucet, Mm -hmm. like that's got this slow leak. And then all of a sudden the bathtub overflows. And that's why people will say, I was healthy. I felt great. And then all of a sudden I have IBS, I have Crohn's, I have, you know, what you name it, all these different kinds of conditions out there. That leakiness of the gut is really, it's responsible. It's hard to find any health condition that's not associated with um, a leaky gut. And yet Look at this was 55% of college students. They estimate the adult population. It's probably 80% of the adult population has a leaky gut and doesn't even know it. And so now we suspected that these strains, we knew that the strains that just thrived, these bacillus spores actually produced proteins that actually tightened up the tight junctions of the gut and so of the lining of the gut. And so that's why we did the study. And so we suspected this would happen, but we were we didn't realize to that effect that it would happen. The results are astounding in both directions, the positive and the negative. And which particular of your products was used for, with regards to this study, Tina? That was the probiotic strain. The probiotic strains and used in Just Thrive. It's called Just Thrive Probiotic and Antioxidants. So those strains that are used in Just Thrive. Excellent. And you know what you also just shared? This is so in, in such young people, that they already have these problems, they're not aware of it. And you said some key words when people say, all of a sudden I got, no, it's not all of a sudden. It's a problem that's been a long time in the making. It's absolutely shocking to see that such young people can already be afflicted with a leaky gut, even they don't know about it yet. What are some things that we should absolutely avoid or watch with regards to gut health? We already talked about glyphosate, of course, and antibiotics in the food supply. Are there a few other things that you say these are the absolute do nots in order to keep your gut health in check? I did. I mentioned like the sugar and alcohol. Of course, I'm not going to tell people not to drink alcohol. (laughs) I can tell them people probably won't listen. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but 
those things are also very offensive. But I would definitely say really avoiding those antibiotics. I know we talked about it already, but the you antibiotics and glyphosates are so detrimental to our gut health. I would definitely do everything in your power to avoid those and and just try to eat clean and be aware. The processed foods that we're eating on a regular basis or the majority of this country is eating on a regular basis are just so detrimental to our gut health. And even what we're seeing with the pandemic, it's like we said, oh, this person was completely healthy and they had a horrible, severe reaction to COVID. And it's, that's because they, they probably had some serious gut permeability, gut lining permeability. So we have to really be aware of that. But just avoiding the antibiotics, avoiding glyphosate, really important. Absolutely. And I'd like to know, we've spoken about your probiotics range. What other research-based supplements does Just Thrive have to improve yep. whether it's gut health or health in general? Yeah. One of, the, our, one of our missions in our company is that we will only bring products that are missing and needed in the market. We're not looking to be a 200 SKU supplement company. We have only brought products that are missing and needed and that really will have a human impact on the world. We don't. We were the first to bring these spore-based probiotics to the market. We only worked with research strains and then we did our own research, like I mentioned, the leaky gut study. That was a first of its kind. As far as we know, there's no other probiotic or no other pharmaceutical company that even has a study on leaky gut. So our big thing was to recondition the gut. So our probiotic is really there to recondition the gut. Then we have our prebiotic, which we say it reinforces all the good stuff that the probiotic is doing. So the probiotic alone is creating diversity, helping increase diversity in the gut microbiome. But that prebiotic is only, it, it is amplifying everything that the probiotic is doing. And so the prebiotic is reinforcing it all and it is like really creating even more diversity in the gut. And so we did not launch a prebiotic for a long time, even though here we are, this gut health is front runner in spore-based probiotics. And we didn't bring the prebiotic to the market because a lot of prebiotics on the market actually can make a problem worse because they don't know how to distinguish between the beneficial and the pathogenic bacteria. So that's why our prebiotic is called the precision prebiotic. It only targets the beneficial bacteria. It doesn't target the, it doesn't feed. Because basically a prebiotic is like the fertilizer for that garden. And so we don't want fertilizer going in there and feeding the weeds in the garden. And unfortunately, that's what happens with many prebiotics in the market. But so ours is a precision prebiotic made up of oligosaccharides that have been well studied and only targeting the beneficial bacteria. And then we also have our, um, gut fortify product, which is our kind of the last step in this whole gut fixing problem is we've got the prebiotic that reconditions the gut. We have the, the probiotic, I'm sorry, that reconditions the gut, the prebiotic that reinforces what the probiotic is doing. And then we have our gut fortify product that is rebuilding that mucosal bar barrier. Mm -hmm. So the mucosa is so important. It's very protective of our, the line, the gut lining. It is, it's found throughout our entire body. And the Gut Fortify is actually rebuilding that mucosal barrier, which is being destroyed just because of the world that we're living in. And it's made up of four amino acids and two polyphenols that are rebuilding that gut, the muco mucosal barrier. So really, um, it's just a great system to be focusing on when you're trying to rebuild your gut and trying to find the, just to see some really profound changes. We always have people will start with the probiotic and they start seeing some pretty 
significant changes. And then when people start seeing that they're learning more about how important the gut is, they want to do everything to really optimize their gut health. They start introducing the prebiotic and then the gut fortify. And then our IgG product is also, it definitely um, bears mentioning when we're talking about gut health because our IgG, IgG of course stands for immunoglobulin G. It's the most abundant antibody that we find in our body. And the job of an IgG, any of the IgG that we already have in our body is to bind and neutralize toxins and help them safely be removed from the body. And we have an IgG that actually works in the gut where it's actually binding and neutralizing toxins. So it'll identify an antigen or a bad guy and it binds and neutralizes them and then your body safely removes them. It's incredibly protective of your gut lining also, which is also very important as we talked about. And that is also really supportive of your immune health. We've been downing the IgG over the last year and a half for that reason. So fantastic. And a quick question with regards to the IgG, is this something a lot of products that help your body to detox can also have a Herxheimer effect, the detox effect where, you know, when just things that are nasty that need to get removed out of your body, if it can happens too quickly, sometimes they also get redistributed and you can feel a little bit of nausea. You just don't feel so well for a few days. Are there any effects like that with the IgG or does it do the pathogens, whatever gets caught? via the IgG directly get expelled via the that, digestion? That, that's a great question. Actually, it does not have that reaction because the IgG is not killing them. They're neutralizing them. And the body just safely removes them. So that's a big distinction between the probiotics. The probiotic, I would say 15 to 20% of our customers will see some type of die-off reaction from taking the probiotic because they are actually killing the pathogenic bacteria. And with IgG, we don't see that because they're not actually killing them. They're just neutralizing the toxins and then the body safely removing them. That is really great to know. And also what you just mentioned, so the die-off reaction, let's say somebody really has quite some severe dysfunction with regards to the microbiome in their GI. How long could these effects last? If somebody wants to fix themselves, how long should they know that, okay, I might feel a little woozy for X amount of days, just so they know this is something they can put through? Yeah, it's. I'm so glad you brought this up because I always get so bummed out when somebody starts taking and they're like, oh, I have gas, I have more gas or I have more diarrhea or I have more whatever it is. And now they're starting to experience new symptoms and they get discouraged and they stop the product when really this a great sign. It means it's working. It means it's getting rid of the pathogenic bacteria, but we never want to see people uncomfortable. It's a very individualized approach. So we tell people if you'd like to just start maybe taking one capsule every other day, or you could take a half a capsule, you could actually open the capsules and mix it with food or water. It's tasteless, colorless, odorless. It wouldn't, you know, nobody would know that was even in there. I always say you could give it to kids that way because they wouldn't even know it's in their food. But you could do a half a capsule every day. You could do one capsule every other day or as slow or as fast as you want to go. And then, but if you start feeling any discomfort, then just go slower. And if you start to feel it, that you're tolerating it more, start to increase within about three to five days, I'd say, or five to seven days. And then you could start going to the full capsule once a day. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. And then we also recommend taking it with food. It's fine to take it in an empty stomach, but we have a study that showed that these strains actually use the food to germinate throughout the intestines. You could definitely, people could take it with food and it would have even better effects. 
Excellent. Yes. And I'm so glad you also walked us through that because it also saddens me and frustrates me so much when I hear from friends or family who want to do something to better their all over well-being and then they stop because they can get these these reactions and then they're just worried. This is just something that will self-regulate and it's a good sign, just as you said. And I know you also have, I know we're running out of time. You're very busy, so I want to be respectful of your time, but I know you also have some other really interesting products. You have a probiotic product for pets, which, yeah, a lot of people might be like, why would my pet need a probiotic? But it's, to me, it's obvious. You'll look at the kind of processed pet foods, the pet food industry, something that's just come alive within the last hundred or so years. You look at the, we're talking about glyphosate before, look at pets running around in the gardens or in parks. They're exposed to all kinds of toxins and stresses. So for me, it's quite obvious why probiotic for a pet would be a really good idea. I'd like to learn a little bit more about your particular pet probiotic, Tina. Yeah. So we also have a leaky gut clinical trial on dogs with, because dogs are suffering from leaky gut at an epidemic rate because of exactly what you said and spraying glyphosates all over the lawns, their own lawns and the lawns and the parks. And you're taking your dog and your dogs are all over ingesting this glyphosate. And so they're really suffering pretty badly from leaky gut as well. And we actually did a human clinic or human, but a clinical trial on dogs and found some incredible results with the leakiness of the gut with this, with the particular ingredients that are in our pet probiotics. But yeah, it's called Just Pets and that's for dogs. We The study was on dogs. It certainly would be fine for cats as well, but we just, we promote really more for dogs because we are very science-based and that was what our study was on. So we really focused on that. So definitely it, it seems to be and I guess dogs love it. You just, it's the same thing. We just, you open the capsule and mix it in the dog's food. They seem to love it. And people seem to have incredible results. Less of the gassiness and the skin irritation is a huge one for dogs. We're having some really incredible success stories with that as well. Wonderful. And last but not least, it's not the last of your products, but one of the other products I found fascinating that you have within your product range is vitamin K2. And this is something a lot of people are not aware of, but a majority of people are actually deficient in it. Why is that? And why is it so important to not be deficient in vitamin K2? Yes, I'm so glad you brought up vitamin K2 because it's funny, as you can see, most of our products are gut health focused and vitamin K2 isn't necessarily gut health focused, but we go back to our mission of bringing things that are missing and needed in the market. And vitamin K2 is the the job of vitamin K2 is to direct calcium away from the arteries and into our bones. So people will be consuming calcium, whether it's by supplement form, whether it's in food form or drink form, but it doesn't know where to go. So it may go to your bones, which is where you want it to go, but it also may go to your heart where we don't want it to go. And the role of vitamin K2 is like the traffic cop to let the vitamin, the calcium go take it away from the heart where we don't want it and arteries where we don't want it and put it into our bone where we do want it. And it is, the studies on vitamin K2 are profound. There was a study, the Rotterdam study, they had 4,800 patients over a 10-year period. It showed a 50% reduction in arterial calcification, a 50% reduction in heart disease, a 50 or 30% in longevity, 30%, let me say this again, a 30% decrease in all-cause mortality. So it's increasing your longevity. So vitamin K2, and we just don't have natural food sources of vitamin K2. 
We used to get it from organ meats. People really aren't eating organ meats anymore, even though they should, but they're not. But they, they're not getting those nutrients from the organs. They aren't getting, um, and you could get it from like the Japanese food, natto, which mm. really is not readily available. And I have heard it's, I have never tasted it, but I've heard it's very difficult to eat. Our vitamin K2 is pharmaceutical grade. It is most vitamin K2s have trouble with stability. Ours have been tested. It's been used in a pharmaceutical setting. And we know that it remains stable through the expiration date. So really important nutrient. I cannot overstate that enough. Vitamin K2 is so important. It directs, and especially now people are taking lots of vitamin D. We shouldn't be taking vitamin D without taking the vitamin K2 with it because the vitamin D, it actually increases your body's need for vitamin K2 if you're taking all this vitamin D without it. Yes, that is super important. I'm glad you brought that up because vitamin D is also something majority of the adults are deficient in, it is absolutely vital to take that together with vitamin K2. Yes. And we've mentioned before, meditation and breath work. So there's something I like to pick my guests' brains about, and that's what are the practices that most profoundly have affected their lives in a positive way, whether it's mentally, physically, or spiritually. Are there any other practices you would like to share with us, Tina? Yeah, I would definitely reiterate the breathing. That has had a profound effect on me. I just, I can't get over how much your breath dictates so much of your mental state. So I just, I really feel like it was very calming for me. So I think that has had a profound effect on my life is just doing daily breath work. Yeah, the breath of life. It's called that for a reason. And the people who want to learn more about you and about your company and products, where can they find you, Tina? The easiest place is our website at justthrivehealth.com. And if you have any questions about the product, our customer service team is out of this world. And you definitely give them a call or order online, justthrivehealth.com. And I always say that, you know, in the pharmaceutical industry, side effects include metal thoughts and skin rashes and all that. I always say the side effects with taking this is like, Increased mood, more energy, better weight management. There's so many wonderful side effects. Even if you go to this just to maybe you're going for a particular condition that you're trying to resolve. But the beautiful part is there's so much good that comes out of taking care of your gut. And so many good things will come out that unexpected good benefits of taking it. So always want to point that out. But yeah, just thrivehealth.com is our website. That's the best place to find us. Fantastic. Tina, thank you so much. It was so delightful and insightful to chat with you today. And thank you for being my guest today. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for your platform and all the great work that you do, Ariane. I really appreciate it. That feeling is mutual. Thank you, Tina. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution.